Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series one with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message he's entitled One Life of Obedience. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then be sure to check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Amen. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is in this house tonight. I said, the Spirit of the Lord is in this house tonight. I'm excited for what God is doing. I'm excited for the word that God gave me tonight uh, for, for us. I'll tell you, uh, I'll be very honest. I felt like the Holy Spirit was having a therapy session with me as I was going through, uh, going through this, uh, this message. And I just believe that the Holy Spirit has something to say to each and every one of us tonight. It's going to help us, and it's going to bless us. I, I want to tell you something, a, a thought that I had uh, as it relates to uh, the new year. Uh, t- today is the first Wednesday of, of the year, and, you know, uh, January is the first month of the year. All, all these different things, these firsts, right? And uh, we look at Jan- we look at uh, a new year. Some of us look at a new year as, uh, you know, as a closing of, of one season and a starting of another one. We, we look at it as an opportunity to refresh or reset, or uh, one of the words we've been using around here is recalibrate. And uh, as I was thinking about these things, I was thinking about, uh, it's, it's a little bit of physics here, but uh, uh, stay with me here. So uh, physics says that if there's a thing that's sitting here, uh, it will remain to stay there until there's an external force that will push it. And so uh, what I was thinking about today is there's many of us that are moving in the spirit. There's many of us that are moving and flowing in what God is doing. We're actually taking what God was doing to us in 2020 and we're rolling right into 2021. And that's a great thing. Uh, I I would say that there are those that maybe potentially are sitting here that aren't really moving, uh, that aren't really doing much. Maybe you feel a little stagnant. And I believe tonight that the Holy Spirit is that external force that wants to move you and set you into motion. The second thing about uh, the second thing, as I was thinking about this, and really as I've been praying, is uh, this word momentum has really been with me. And I shared this with the leaders uh, just on Monday. But this word momentum, and if you understand physics, again, if you understand physics, that momentum is is mass times velocity is what equals momentum. And uh, and you would understand that momentum is incremental, which means that it's little by little it, it gains steam and then it moves uh, really to an unstoppable force, depending on how big it is and how fast you're moving. So uh, tonight. I want to pray that God would help us, that God would enlarge our faith, the mass, it would make it bigger, that God would enlarge our faith, and that the Holy Spirit would push us and move us into motion so that we could begin to incrementally grow momentum in our spiritual walk. How many of us are with with that tonight? So why don't we pray? Father, we thank you, God, tonight. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Come on, church, pray with me. Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing already, God, in this house. I thank you, Lord, for what you accomplished in 2020. Father, it's, it's now set us up for 2021 a better year. Father, you're going to restore all that the enemy has tried to rip away from your people, plus some in 2021. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing even right now in these people, right now in this house. And I pray, Father, by your spirit, that you continue to move us, God, that you set us into motion. Father, that you would move us to a place of momentum, God. Lord, as you expand our faith, as you move us faster and faster, God, Lord, that we would create a a huge momentum, Father, in our lives, that ultimately we would impact this world. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you for your word. And the church of God said amen. Amen and amen. 
Well, I I, I want to share uh, uh, really the I, I couldn't come up with a with a catchy uh, title for my sermon, and so uh, you'll have to bear with me. It's kind of mundane, but I want to talk to you about one life of obedience. One life of obedience. Now we understand Pastor Omar did a great job in, in getting us started on Sunday about the power of one, and I want to I want to show you how your life. You, not someone else, not this big spiritual giant, not your mentor, not someone that you look up to, but you, uh, if you would make a decision to have a life of obedience, the major impact that you can make, not only on you, but generationally. I think we need to start thinking generationally. It's not just for you, but it's for those that are coming behind us. And now uh, we'll pick up here Genesis 12, 1 through 4. It says that the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make Make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will uh, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Verse four it says, "So Abram went as the Lord." Had told him. Now, I find this very, very interesting, and this is a very familiar story and scripture, but if you understand what was going on right here, uh, the word of the Lord came to Abram uh, in, in a place where he was in his comfort zone. Say comfort zone. Say, say that one more time. Say comfort zone. There was nothing wrong with Abram. Abram was good. He, he had property. He, was, he, he had it all. But the word of the Lord came to Abram, and what Abram did was he moved on a promise. That's all he had. He didn't have, uh, he didn't have it all laid out for him. He didn't have the details. He didn't know how, uh, where he was going to go. He didn't know how long the trip was going to be. He didn't know exactly how this whole thing was going to play out. But listen to this. The word of the Lord came to Abram, and it says that immediately he went. Now, I, I want to ask you tonight, uh, maybe there's a promise that God has given you. And, and, and uh, we, we hear this often where uh, the prophet comes or those that are operating the, pro, uh, the prophetic and they're giving you words and word after word after word. Ultimately, those words have just been confirmed time and time and time again, yet we still sit waiting for God to do something saying, God, move me, when God is really telling us to take that promise and go. And so here's Abram. Uh, and and uh, if you know this, Abram uh, really is known as a father of the faithful or the father of faith. And, and again, all he did was he got the word. He just got the word from the Lord and he began to move. He began to set out. This faith uh, ultimately, uh, ultimately netted him a, a title that I think we could all aspire to. Uh, but the Bible says that God called him his, his very own friend. And so Abraham was a man that was of great significance. We look back and reflect, we reflect on, on Abraham and we say, wow, that's a, powerful, that's a powerful life. But in that moment, Abraham wasn't anybody. He wasn't even, uh, 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 Israel hadn't even been formed. Uh, there, was, there, was nothing, there was nothing necessarily great in that moment, but he heard the word of the Lord and he began to move and set out. And because of that faith, he's now regarded as a father or a patriarch of our faith. Now, uh, Abraham was a, was a normal guy. He didn't necessarily have a, a, a great skill set. He wasn't, uh, there, there was nothing necessarily special about him other than he heard the voice of the Lord and he moved out and he set out to make great impact and he was thinking gener uh, generationally. And so uh, I think that we could all agree that if we look at this life of Abraham, that maybe we could learn a couple of things, 
right? Maybe we, we look at someone and we say, okay, uh, he, he, uh, he's accomplished many things. I, I'm sure there's some of us that uh, we, we regard people that have many accomplishments in their lives. And so we, we put them sort of on a pedestal and we say, uh, if I could just be like that guy, then I'd have it all together. If I could just achieve that kind of success, then, uh, then I would have it all together. And what, what happens oftentimes when we start to look at people like that, we, uh, we sometimes overlook the failures and the frailties of their humanity. And so oftentimes we, we, uh, we measure ourselves against these people that we admire and, we, and immediately we're, we look at what our inadequacies are or what, uh, what, what we don't have opposed to what God is trying to do in us and through us. And so the first thing that I want us to, to recognize in uh, Abraham's life is that even spiritual giants are still human. Even spiritual giants are still human. Now, I'm sure we've all heard the stories of the great, uh, the great ministers of the faith uh, throughout the history, really great men that had great, uh, great ministries, uh, powerfully anointed, uh, great success, and we, we've heard of moral failures. We've heard of different things that have disappointed, and this is why I want to tell you that even our spiritual giants, those that we look up to, are still human. We are still human. We still wrestle with the same uh, frailties and the same things and, and the challenges and the struggles that, uh, that everyone else does. And so here's Abraham. If we look at his life and all the great accomplishments, we must take note of his failures. Now, why is that? Because that, that's what makes it relatable. That's what I, I, I'm able to look at Abraham and say, Abraham achieved all these great things, but he was just a man, just like you and I. I love the scripture uh, 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 regarding Elijah. The Bible says that, and he was just a man. And so uh, each and every one of us, I want you to understand that uh, in your humanity, in your frailty, in your weaknesses, in your inadequacies, God could still use you and God wants to use you to impact generations. And so as you look at Abraham's life, you'll realize, and I, I set up and I staged what I talked about with momentum, you'll realize that in, even in Abraham's life, there was momentum incrementally that grew until he, until he stepped into really the fullness of what God was trying to do in, all of, uh, in, in his life. And so uh, with Abraham and Sarah, those of you that know the story, you know that, uh, that there was a promise that came to Abraham. So Abraham uh, responds to the call of God, responds to the word of the Lord. He begins to move. As he begins to move, there's another promise that comes. And the promise is that he's going to give him a son. And so we know that when the word comes to Abraham and Sarah, they're old. Uh, uh, really, Sarah is beyond uh, years to bear children, and so uh, if you know the story, there they're too old to have uh, to, to have a child, and uh, and and even when. Uh, even when your hope seems to fade, when you seem like there's no way that this is going to happen, that is where God shows up and shows off in your life. And so maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking, well, I, I kind of messed up or, or I think that the, 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 the boat has kind of passed me by. I've done too much. I've gone too far. I'm here to tell you that that's where God is trying to set you up to show up and to show off. And God wants to do these things in your life. See, there was multiple promises that came to Abraham. And, and I want I want to tell you this there's a reason why uh there's a there's a reason why god has given each and every one of us a promise there's a reason why god highlights you to the prophet when the prophet declares a word over you it's because it's in that moment where you feel like i, I don't see this coming along god will remind you of the promise god will give that to you god will give you just an extra hit so that you're able to to move on and move forward and listen to this this is the difference between abraham and a lot of us is that abraham believed god 
Now, that's really simple, and I'm sure you guys are sitting out there saying, well, yeah, don't we all? Well, yes, we do, but Abraham actually believed God and moved out on the word. I I, I say this often, uh, me and Pastor Omar, we talk about this, that the prophetic word or the word of the Lord that comes to you, the, the, the prophetic word requires a prophetic response, and we have to move on the word that God gives us. And so, uh, and so we understand that Abraham and his frailty, uh, he messed up a lot. And so uh, we, we know that the promise came to Abraham. Uh, it, it took a long time for that promise to be fulfilled. And so Sarah gave him his, uh, her, maids, uh, her maidservant, and uh, he went and had an Ishmael. And uh, uh, we, we, we know that, and that was a failure. That was a failure in his life. He, he didn't wait on God. And oftentimes in our lives, well, we produce Ishmaels because we're, we're, we're too anxious. You know, God gave us the word, well, I'm going to go make that happen. And, uh, and we don't wait for God. But we see this failure in, in Abraham's life. But I, I'm here to tell you that the failure did not revoke the promise on his life. And I want to say that to some of you here that maybe you have a failure in your life. Maybe you've, you, you've fallen short. Maybe you feel even in this season that you messed up. And, and, and I, I just don't see how that's going to come back. I'm here to tell you, Abraham testifies of this, that a failure does not revoke the promise of God in your life. If God said he was going to do it in your life, he's going to do it. Uh, Pastor Omar says this often, and, and, and I love this, that, that failure, is not, uh, failure is an event, it's not a person. And, and again, our mistakes haven't revoked the promises of God in our lives. They're still yes and amen, and he's going to accomplish what he said he was going to do in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your situation. God is going to do it. And so as, uh, as I'm talking about this incremental growth in faith or this incremental momentum in faith that Abraham experiences, so first it's, uh, first the promise is, uh, Abraham, go uh, leave your comfort zone and go to this place that I'm going to tell you about. I'm not even going to tell you where to go exactly right now, but just start going. And Abraham goes. Now, the second promise is this, is that uh, uh, he comes to Abraham and Sarah and says, you're going to have a child. And, uh, and, and then that promise is fulfilled. And so his, his, his faith is growing incrementally. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, just like each and every one of us, there's different things that we're praying for. We're believing God to do. And as those things become fulfilled, God is growing our, our faith. God is expanding our faith so that we could take those and grow in momentum in our faith incrementally, step by step. And so we see Abraham, uh, we see Abraham, he, he, we, see, we see the promises beginning to unfold in his life. We see the promises being fulfilled in his life. And so here's the promised child that he had from the very beginning. And uh, we, we know the story that uh, as, as Isaac began to grow, uh, we know that the, the word of the Lord came to Abraham and he said, uh, God told Abraham to sacrifice your son Isaac. Now, again, I believe that this is a man of radical obedience, radical obedience. It, it, it says that immediately when the, when the word came to Abraham, Abraham the next day got up and started on his trip. Now, I, I, wonder, I wonder this. There was this promise uh, the promise of this descendant and 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 what God is saying in this moment doesn't make sense. How many of you guys have had a word that comes to you that just doesn't make sense? All right, some of us. 
But despite the logical uh, nonsense or, or, or despite the contradiction per perceived in this, it says that Abraham wins. And I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that Abraham had a history of faith with God. He had, a, he had a trust. He had a confidence in God that God said something and then he did it. God said something and then he did it. And so I believe that Abraham, uh, that, that Abraham had faith in God, that he was going to work something out, whatever it was. Uh, some people say that maybe he thought that he would resurrect uh, Isaac, even if he did kill him. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm here to tell you that he had faith and that his faith grew stronger incrementally as he overcame and as he saw the, the, the promises of God fulfilled. I'm here to ask you tonight, how many promises has God fulfilled in your life? How many times has he shown himself faithful time and time and time and time again? The word came to you and then the promise was fulfilled and, 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 and uh, time and time and time again. Yet sometimes all of us, me included, we doubt the word of the Lord. We doubt if, if he could come through again like that. Yeah, he did it way back then, but I'm not sure if he could necessarily do it here. And it, it says that Abraham had confidence, had faith in God. And ultimately, uh, out of Isaiah 41, 8, it says, but you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob who, Jacob, who I've chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. And so this faith, this relationship that, that grew between Abraham and God ultimately got him a place as his friend. And so I want to tell you tonight that faith will push us out of our comfort zone. Faith will push us to live beyond our comfort zone. Romans 4, 6 says, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it. Whether we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. And so one thing that's certain in this life is that change is inevitable. It's not a matter of change uh, when it's going to come or if it's going to come. I'm sorry. It's not a matter of if it's going to come. It's a matter of when it's going to come. Now, how many of us like change? Some of us. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I see the, I see the honest ones out there, yeah. I don't like change. I, I would prefer things just stay right where they're at, right? Uh, things are good, uh, maybe a little bit of adjustment, but nothing too major. You, you hear what I'm saying? And so, uh, but, but faith, this, 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 this life that God is calling each and every one of us to, it's not just the pastors. It's not just the leaders. It's you, Christian. The faith, this life that God is calling each and every one of us to will cause us to live beyond our comfort zone. How many of you are comfortable tonight? Oh, come on. Come on. I think about this. I, I think about uh, the, the, the ebbs and flows of change. I think about this. I think about uh, uh, those of you that are part of a connect group. And if you're not part of a connect group, I encourage you to be a part of a connect group. But your connect group leader comes to you and says, hey, uh, hey, I need you to, to teach uh, this weekend. And, 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 and the response is, ah, man, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to start. Uh, I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. Uh, I, I think about uh, different things where people come and, and try to challenge us. People try to come and encourage us and inspire us and motivate us just a little bit. And, and oftentimes we say, nah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm good where I'm at. I, I, I'm good. I appreciate that. But just leave me right where I'm at. It's because we all desire to stay in our comfort zone. And we all, uh, at a certain level, uh, push 
push away change in our lives. But uh, Pastor Omar tells us often, he says this to me all the time, is that we need to make change our friend. And we, we need to understand that God loves us enough to, to, he loves us right where we're at, but he loves us too much to leave us there. And he's always going to call us to a place of difference or a, pr- a place of change and development in our lives. So we see it often even in this church. You see it in your, in your daily lives, I'm sure, change. But even in this church, our church, uh, as we're a uh, as we're a church planting movement, and uh, we launch churches out, we launch families out. Uh, Pastor David and Pastor Rudy, most recently, that we've sent out out of state, and so they're pillars in this church. They they hold connect groups. They're they're uh, 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 they're stabilizers in our church. And then all of a sudden, God calls them out to another place, and it changes that the dynamic in here. We see it even in uh, even. Um, as we birth other ministries, as uh, uh, recently in, in this last uh, the last 18 months, we've uh, we've opened even more and launched more connect groups, and so we have these connect groups that are thriving and growing, and then they split and they multiply, and so things change, dynamics change, and our comfort zone is constantly being rattled uh, in our lives, and I believe that this is uh, very intentional by God. See, my natural. My natural response, my natural response is to, uh, to change, is to gravitate towards the familiar. How many are with me? Naturally, I, I want to resist change and I want to gravitate to what's familiar to me. I want to gravitate to what's safe. I want to gravitate to the, to the things that I control opposed to stepping out in faith like Abraham to the things that I can't control. I want to create predictable outcomes. I want to have a control. I want to make sure that everything is nice and tight. I want to have all the details in our lives. How many of you are with me tonight? And I want to avoid anything at all costs that create anxiety or insecurity. I'm being real with you guys tonight. Listen to this. Left on my own uh, to choose on my own, I will always choose my comfort zone. Always choose my comfort zone. And so when we look at Abraham and his life, it challenges this thinking. Abraham was radical. He was ridiculous. Uh, Why would you just go somewhere where you don't know? Why would you do these things? It's because he believed God. And I believe that God is calling us, each and every one of us, to a lifestyle of radical faith just like this. So I want to ask you a question you can reflect on yourself. Uh, is, Is your faith pushing you to live beyond your comfort zone. Is your faith today, is the way that you're living your life, is it pushing you outside of your comfort zone? If it's not, I want to encourage you to, to, to consider these things and ask God to help us. Now, the, the next question is this. When is the last time your faith has put you in an uncomfortable situation? When is the last time your faith has put you in an uncomfortable situation? You see, what happens oftentimes is we avoid conversations. We, uh, we, we, we don't speak up or, or we don't stand up. We, we just stay silent and, and all these different things. But I believe that God is calling us to be changer, uh, uh, world changers in, in our lives, in our daily lives. And so I want to ask you, when is the last time your faith has put you in a situation where you're uncomfortable? 
That's a question for you to reflect on. The next thing I want to uh, I want to uh, uh, encourage us is that we are to live by faith and not by control. We are to live by faith and not by control. Again, I'm a control freak. I want everything. Uh, I, I want to make sure that everything's tight. I want to have all the details. Um, but but this faith that God is calling us to live is one that lets go of all of these different things and has full dependence on God. I said full dependence on God. Hebrews 11:8 says faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going, Abraham stepped out in faith. So why is Abraham known as the father of faith? Because he set out his course of life by faith, setting an example for each and every one of us. So God asked Abraham to go on a journey with him, a journey that would lead him uh, to his destiny ultimately, and promising Abraham he would make him into a great nation, make his name great, and bless all the peoples on, uh, on the earth through him. Like I said, Abraham didn't have any idea where he was going, but he went anyways. He just believed God, and he went. So having nothing but the promise of God, Abraham stepped out in faith. Listen to this. Having nothing, no, no securities, no, uh, no, uh, uh, nothing in concrete, having nothing but the promise of God, having nothing but the word of God, Abraham stepped out in faith. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us even though we cannot see it up ahead. It's the certainty that what God said he was going to do is going to happen. There's no doubt in faith. There is nothing but confident assurance that, that something is going to happen. Whatever the Lord has said is going to happen. Now, it's hard to live by faith. It's hard to live by faith. I know, I know I'm, sitting, I'm standing in a, a room full of faith-filled people, but the faith that we're talking about tonight, it's hard to live in that place. So, so faith is the certainty of something that we don't have yet, and this goes against my sense of logic. How many of you are with me? It goes against my sense of logic. How can I have faith in something that I've not seen materialize yet? I, I, I'm good if you tell me, you know, I have this in my hand and it's water and it's going to nourish me. I'm good. I can see that and I know it. But it's, it's something totally different when someone says something that you can't see yet. So instead of choosing my course by faith, I'd rather use my human experience, my human wisdom, and my effort, my own effort, to control my life in order to protect me from failure, discomfort, and even looking bad. How many of us do the same thing? I'm, I'm, I'm being real with you guys tonight. This is what we do. This is what, this is what orchestrates our, our actions and our decisions. And so listen, as a man, as a father, as a leader of my home, I spent a lot of time uh, and, and effort and preparing everything that I could possibly, uh, I, I try to prepare everything in advance, right? I, I, I try to make sure that every, uh, uh, every I is dotted and every T is crossed, that everything is all sent because my dominant focus is on control and not on faith. That's naturally who I am. How many of you guys could, how many of you guys could relate to what I'm saying here? And so how do we get control? What things do I need to avoid to, uh, to, to maintain control? And unfortunately, the belief that I can control my life 
or circumstances is an illusion and a losing proposition that more often leads to anxiety and insecurity. And that's the very thing that we're trying to control uh, in our lives. And so I, I want to ask you, how important is having control in your life? How important is that to you? How important is it to have control in your own life? See, setting a course of faith can help us learn to allow influence in our life without being afraid and trusting God and, uh, and trusting in God is a decision that will never, ever fail us. If we have faith in God and trust in God, he'll never, ever fail us. So anxiety and, and, and insecurity, anybody struggle with anxiety and insecurity? Show of hands. Okay, some of us, all right. I'm in the right room. We all struggle with anxiety and security. I don't care who you are. We all struggle with these things, all right? It's a, it's a tension in our lives, faith and anxiety, faith and worry. It's a tension in our lives. And so uh, anxiety and insecurity impacts each and every one of us in our relationships. It's difficult to, to think of others when I'm so wrapped up in my insecurity and my anxiety. I'm so consumed with my self-thoughts, and we need to break this, these things and, and hold on to the faith that God has called us to. So a life chartered by faith is not controlled by anxiety and security. It's chartered and it's directed by faith alone. The next thing is this, that it's the journey that shapes us. It's the journey that shapes us. It's the journey that shapes us. It's not the destiny. It's not uh, once I get to this one place, then I'm going to have it all, all together. That, that's not what it is. It's a fallacy and it's an illusion. The journey is what shapes us. And so if you look at if you look at Abraham's life, you'll understand that it was his journey. It wasn't the destination. It was his journey that incrementally grew his faith so that he was this great giant of faith that we all talk about today. Hebrews 11, 9 through 10 says, he lived by faith as an immigrant in his promised land as though it belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. Listen to this. His faith was infectious. This leader, this man, this father, his faith was infectious that even his sons believed the craziness that he was talking about. He was leading his family, and it says his eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. And so life is a journey, not a destination. Life is a journey and not a destination. Uh, uh, it was through the journey that Abraham forged his relationship with God. Now, I, I, I want to... I, I define what this word means, forged his relationship with God. To forge something uh, means that it was made into a desired shape by heating and hammering. How many of you feel like you've been in the heater? How many of you feel like you've been in, in the fire? How many of you guys feel like you've been hammered uh, in, in your journey? And God is doing that to forge a relationship, a strong relationship, forge a strong faith, of a strong confidence that he is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do in your life. And so it says, uh, uh, we go on to say that guaranteeing that Abraham would have the heart, character, and spirituality to appreciate and hold on to his inheritance. God forged this relationship through the journey so that Abraham would have the heart, character, and spirituality to appreciate and hold on to his inheritance. Amos 3.3 says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. How can you walk in lockstep with God if you're not agreeing with the promises that he's given you? 
It's in the journey that we discover and work out our differences with God. It's in the journey. It's, it's the time. It's, it, this is the time that we become aware of the convictions that we need to develop. The closer that we walk with God, the closer that we are in, uh, to, to the Holy Spirit, and, and, and closer proximity to God is where we become aware of these things that need to develop in our lives. As we walk close to God in our journey, as we're forging this relationship, uh, it, it, it will expose the lack of trust that we have in the promises of God. And lastly, it will help us to clarify any wrong view of God. I, I believe this. I believe that many of us in our lives have a wrong view of who God is. Now, uh, I understand that uh, most of us are people of faith, and I understand that many of us have been walking with God for a long, uh, a long period in our lives. Um, but, but this is the tension, If we know who God is, and if we believe that God is who he says he is in his word, why do we still walk around with anxiety and insecurity? It's a tension. We all, we all walk with it. I'm with you. And so we, we, we want, we want God to help us work through these things. And so all of these, uh, important experiences, uh, all of these are important experiences for developing a healthy relationship with God. And our relationship with God keeps us going while we wait for God to reveal our destiny and to appreciate our destiny when God reveals, uh, when God reveals it to us. The last thing is this is that we need to focus on the promises. Say that, say that with me. Say, focus on the promises. Focus on the promises. Romans, Romans 4, 20 through 21 says, he never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. It says, It says that he never stopped believing God's promise for he was made strong in his faith to father a child and because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. This is what the scripture is telling me here is that incrementally, and I I could have, uh, I could have the worship team come up, but incrementally in his journey, Abraham, he grew in his faith. Little by little, the word came, the response came, and the fulfillment came. Little by little, these things happen. And what the scripture is telling me is that he grew a faith that trusted God undeniably. That he, he grew a faith that he knew that if God said it, it was going to happen. And so all he had to do was glorify God. I think about that as we're here in, uh, uh, as we're here at the altar, as the worship team is leading us into uh, really the heavenlies, and I see men and women here uh, postured before God, those that are dancing, those that are jumping, those that are uh, uh, on their knees before God. That is the posture in which God, that's the posture in which God wants each and every one of us to live out our faith. It's not in, it's not in anxiety. It's not in worry. It's not in manipulation. It's not in trying to do all these different things to control all the different dynamics. It's a posture of worship and glorifying God. How many of us would be like Abraham and, and say, I have the confidence that God is going to, God's going to figure that out. God, God's got it. And all I'm going to do is glorify God. How many of us have that confidence? So listen, it's not, it, it, it's not missed on me that we're living in a very, very uncertain time. Uh, if, you, if you're watching the news at all, uh, you, you know uh, uh, the, the rate of, of Capitol Hill. I mean, it's just crazy. 
the things that are going on right now. Uh, we live through this pandemic that's ongoing and all, all, all the different things. The job market uh, is, is fragile. Uh, you, the political climate is just all over the place. I believe that God's called each and every one of us. What a time, what a time in history for the, for, for the people of God to be here on earth to declare and glorify God in an uncertain time. Think about the assignment that's on your life. Think about the demand that's on your life. And many of us, me included at times, are just going through the motions of life. We're just, go, we're just going through the motions of life like nothing's, like nothing's going on. We're, we're safe in our comfort zone. And God is putting a demand on radical obedience and radical faith on the, on the church of God. I just believe that. So Abraham experienced many of these same challenges on his journey and what we learn from Abraham is that his focus was on God's power to fulfill his promise and not on the circumstance he was facing. I wonder how many of us tonight are focused on the circumstance, focused on your need, focused on the dynamic, whatever it is that's coming against. I, I, I don't minimize those things. I don't devalue those things. They're real to you. But, but Abraham, he taught us, he, he, he's testifying to us in his life that he faced those same challenges, those challenges of uncertainty. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know how God was going to do what he said. He had no idea. All he had was the word, and we have the same thing today. And so Abraham, uh, Abraham, uh, uh, Abraham's focus was on God's power to fulfill his promise and not on the circumstances that he was facing. And Abraham knew that God was willing and able to keep every promise he made. In closing, this is, this is what I want to share with you. All Abraham had was, was the word, was a promise. And if you read the Bible, you'll understand that there's, uh, there's close to 8,000 promises. Depends on, on you know, what number you're, you're looking at. But there's about 8,000 promises. And about 7,500 promises are from God to mankind. 7,500 promises from God to mankind. That's to each and every one of us. And so equipped with that same word, the same thing that Abraham had, equipped with the same thing, we too could live a life of radical obedience. Our one life, your one life, could impact your one life your one life of obedience could impact not only your family right now but generations to come impact other people other families your community your workplace and so what are some of the promises that you need to hold on today I have seven promises here uh, and I'll read them to you uh, and this is God speaking to you God speaking to me this is what God says to us he says that I will be with you I will protect you I will be your strength. I will answer you. I will provide for you. I will give you peace. And I will always love you. And so Abraham charted a course of his life by faith. And at the end of his life, it was clear that he made the right choice. I, I, I think about this. What is this, what, what is all of this stuff what is all this stuff going to net us at the end of our lives? What are, we, what are you living your life for today? Think about that. What are you living your life for today? The Bible says that Abraham lived this life of faith, radical obedience, just saying yes, just responding to God. In every moment of his life, every, every fork in the road, he just said yes to God. That, he just said, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go with God. He's not failed me yet, so I'm just gonna keep on going that way. 
And at the end of this, Abraham looks back on his life. In Genesis 25, 8, the Bible says, then Abraham breathed his last, uh, his last, and he died at a good old age, an old man who was satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people who had preceded him in death. I want to encourage you tonight that as you make these decisions, as you live this life of obedience, that ultimately, however God decides to call you home, it could be the rapture. We believe that in the second coming of Christ. We believe that the rapture is at hand. But God could call you at any moment. God could call you before you leave this place. God could call you on your, on your way home. God could call you 20 years from now. Whatever it is, if we live our lives of obedience, if we live our lives surrender to God, saying yes to, 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 uh, saying yes to God, uh, we too would be like Abraham at the end of our life, looking back, reflecting on the goodness of God, looking back and saying, I, I am satisfied. I am content with my life. I gave my life for the goodness of God. I gave my life a life of faith towards God. I believe that each and every one of us, whether we've considered this or not, I believe that each and every one of us uh, would say that that's the way that I want to be able to reflect on my life, is that, I, I, uh, that I, as, I breathe, as I breathe my last breath here on earth, I was of a good old age, and that I was satisfied with my life. I was able to impact generations, and I believe that that's the, that's the call today for each and every one of us. I, I'm going to ask you if you would just bow your head and close your eyes and reverence to God. The Holy Spirit is here tonight, and I, I believe... As I, as I said in the beginning, I, I believe that God is, God is wanting to move. God is wanting to move us from a place of comfort. God is wanting to move us and shift us into a place really of momentum and faith. I believe that God wants to expand our faith tonight. And I believe that you have the opportunity, you as an individual, you have the opportunity to create this momentum, not only in your, in your life, but in your family's life and in generations to come. And so, Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God. Lord, that you're trustworthy. We thank you, Father, for every single promise that you've given us. Father, we honor you. We thank you, Lord. I pray even right now, God, that as, as we've gone through this message, as, as your spirit has spoken to your people, I pray, Father, that you'd begin to convict us in areas of our lives. Father, I pray that you would highlight Areas in our life where we're not trusting you. Areas in our life where we're insecure. Areas in our life where we're crippled by anxiety. Father, I pray that you'd highlight those right now in Jesus' name. Father, we know that the truth will set us free. So help us, God, to embrace the truth tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, Follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.